Blog Talk Radio. Women have the power to transform this world. We can end crime and violence if we all agree to do one thing. Share. Let's share our wisdom, share our time, share our talents, share our finances, but most of all, let's share our love. This is The Female Solution. Join me, Naima Latif, every morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, as we bring you stimulating discussions about the issues affecting our lives. If you're listening online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the-female-solution, press the blue button that says follow and get our daily topics every morning directly to your email and your smartphone. Hi, I'm Naima Latif, executive producer of the Female Solution Radio Show. We invite you to call in 515-605-9325 and participate in this daily think tank as we examine the challenges we face and develop solutions that restore peace and harmony. We are global transformers, changing the world from the way it is to the way it should be. We are one. Wherever we live on this earth, we are one human family. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to extend a greeting to all the members of our family, whenever and wherever you may be listening around the world. To our family in China, Ni Hao. In India, Namaste. In Japan, Konnichiwa. In Korea, Annyeong Haseyo. In Russia, Zdrastutsye. In Germany, Guten Tag. In Poland, Dzień Dobry. In France, Bonjour. In Spain, Hola. In Italy, Ciao. In Egypt, Athen Wasalan. In Ghana, Akwaba. In Nigeria, Peleo. In South Africa, Saobona. In Senegal, Nangadef. In Kenya, Jambo. In Israel, Shalom. In Pakistan, Afghanistan, and Saudi Arabia, Assalamu Alaikum. Greetings, and may peace be upon you all. Welcome, welcome. Great Saturday afternoon. Hallelujah, hallelujah. This is Beata, uh, your Friday morning, Sunday night host. And today uh, I'm filling in uh, for Naima Latif and welcoming some very special guests today on Jana's uh, show from the UK. So I'm going to open up. I see, I think I see Jana's number here. Jana, can you hear me? I can, Riata. How you doing? Oh, wow, you sound so clear. That's awesome. You're you're all the way from the UK, but I can hear you like you're next door. So that's awesome. (laughs) That's rare. Let's enjoy it while we can because it's not going to (laughs) last. I'm going to put on my speaker so I can hear you. Can you still hear me clearly? I can hear you clearly. Can you hear me? Yes. I can hear you very clearly, yes. Okay, um, so how are you? I think we have our other guests in the studio, so just let me know when you want me to open her mic, but I'll let you give the introduction. Okay, thank you. Okay, so my guest today is a lady called 
Dr. Wanda Carter, who has a youth program called TRIPS, which stands for Television, Radio, Internet, Publishing, Social Media, which sounds fascinating to me. Um, but before I bring her on, I'd just like to talk a little bit about um, about uh, what's happening in Paris, because this is on my mind. I'm sure it's on a lot of people's mind. Um, have you heard about what's happening in Paris? I have seen uh, a couple of videos, and all I know is that, or at least what I'm hearing, it has to do with the uh, reduction in police budget and migrants. That's all I heard. So you can uh, okay. fill us okay. in. Okay, well, you see, now most people are probably in the same position. So I want, I've got a few words I want to say about about that. Uh, sorry, I'm just trying to do two things at once. It's not working. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, I want to say a few words about this and about the coverage um, so firstly, let me say welcome to the Success Strategies Show with me, Jana, on the Female Solution Worldwide Radio and TV Network. I'm the author of Success Strategies for Black People, and I host the annual Blood and Carnival for Nonviolence, and I am your host for today and on the first Saturday of every month. This year is the 10th anniversary of the Blogging Carnival for Nonviolence. So all you bloggers, get blogging out there, because I really want to hear from you. Here on the Success Strategy Show, every month we seek to help you and support you to find solutions to your problems. We are here to help you make 2023 your best year yet. If you have a question or a comment to make, please phone in on 515-605. 9325, and then press 1 to join the host's queue, which is my queue today. Um, if you're outside the United States, you have to put 001 in front of that. So it's 001-515-605-9325. You can also join us on Facebook at The Female Solution and on YouTube at The Female Solution. Today, I'd like to talk about the riots in Paris. Oh, I want to mention as well that my guest, my guest today is Dr. Wanda Carter. We're going to bring her in in a little bit. I'd like to talk a bit first about the riots in Paris. People have been rioting in Paris and other parts of France for the past four nights. So I'm just going to go through what some of the papers are saying about this. The Independent says France has been rocked by angry protests across the country, with demonstrators blocking airports and railway stations and even setting fire to Bordeaux City Hall. Hundreds of arrests have been made, Molotov cocktails thrown, and tear gas dispersed in crowd clashes nationwide, while essential services have been disrupted, oil and gas delivery stalled, and tourist attractions like the Eiffel Tower closed to shield them from vandalism. Can you imagine if you're visiting Paris this weekend and Eiffel Tower is closed? I mean, please. To continue, more than a million people are believed to have taken part in Thursday's strikes, the biggest day of demonstrations so far, with 119,000 people marching through Paris as videos of chaos and looting flooded social media, including footage of both riot police and activists being led away from the fray injured. Some 441 police officers were injured and 475 people are understood to have been arrested on what has been dubbed Black Thursday, placing renewed 
pressure on the French President Emmanuel Macron to find a way out of the conflict. Paris riots, hundreds of arrests as Macron resists calls to declare a state of emergency. Firefighters in the Parisian suburb of Nanterre, where the shooting occurred on Tuesday, extended blazes set by protesters that left scorched remains of cars strewn across the street. Now, here's what I want to ask you, right? I've been reading several paragraphs from The Independent, right? We've heard about fires. We've heard about firefighters. We've heard about burning cars. We've heard about arrests. At no point, have you heard me say anything so far about why people are rioting? If you have, please phone in on 001-515-605-9325, because we've heard, we heard of chaos. We've heard about fires. Huh. Or the other thing you can do is just post the word yes on my on our Facebook page, which is the Female Solution, if you've heard me say anything so far about why people are rioting. Okay? Let's look at the mirror. The mirror is supposedly a left-wing paper. It says, firefighters put out a burning car during protests in Lille. Protests in Lille. Hundreds more people have been arrested as riots in France continue for a fourth night following the deadly shooting of a teenager. Okay, so this is the first mention of why people are rioting, okay? Pressure mounted overnight on, pres- on Friday for President Macron to de- declare a state of emergency as violent protests continued. Firefighters in the Parisian subject- suburb of Nanterre, where the shooting occurred Tuesday, extinguished blazes set by the protesters that left scorched remains of cars strewn across the street. And it just kind of goes on. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it kind of goes on and on. So that's the mirror. That's that's meant to be um, a left-wing paper. Again, so far, if you can explain why people are rioting, please phone in on 515-605. 9325, or just put a yes on our Facebook page, which is the Female Solution. The Mirror also says, British travelers have been warned to be aware of the unrest in France following the fatal police shooting of a 17-year-old. Okay, so that's a little bit more information now. And then The Guardian, which is probably the most well-respected left-wing paper, says, hundreds arrested in fourth night of unrest as 45,000 people deployed. French's interior minister says that significant reinforcements have been sent to Marseille, when, where more than 80 people have been arrested. And um, the interior minister, Gerald Darmanin, has said the coming hours will be decisive as violence triggered by the fatal police shooting of a teenager during a traffic stop in a Paris suburb flared for a fourth consecutive night. So what we're talking about, sisters and brothers, is a traffic stop, okay? A fatal traffic stop. The police told this 17-year-old guy, this 17-year-old Arab young man to stop. He refused to stop. And it's actually, you can actually see it on YouTube if you want to see what happened. He started driving off, and the police officer shot him. And um, the police officer apparently has now apologized, right? Like, that's supposed to help at this point. (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm laughing. It's not funny, but, you know, really, 
I just, it's just so outrageous. And it's so important that we know this because we have talked on this show a lot about Black Lives Matter and about the fact that it, it's not just about what's happening in the United States. It's also global. It's what's happening here in Britain. It's what's happening in France. It's what's happening in Germany. It's happening right all the way across the European continent. And I would like to talk a bit about solutions, but first I just want to ask. All right, this is another little bit I copied from The Guardian. Shops in several Paris malls in, shops in several malls in Paris suburbs as well as an Apple store in the center of Strasbourg, were looted on Friday afternoon amid continuing rioting sparked by the shooting of Nahel M. 17, who was of North African descent in Nanterre on Tuesday. Now, it has to be said, the French like a protest. The French protest a lot. But this one is different. This one is about racism, particularly racism from the police, who killed a young Arab guy holding the hell. So we got there in the end. We know now what sparked the riots. Right? Obviously, this pressure has probably been building up for years and years and years. Um, so I wanted to take a look at some of the coverage of these events. And I also want to mention the fact that when they say Nanterre is a suburb of Paris, what this means is that on the outskirts of Paris, where a substantial population of African and Arab people live, that's where the riots started. A lot of African and Arab people cannot afford to live in central Paris. They're consigned to the outskirts. So what are your thoughts? What are your views? Please phone in on 515-605-9325 and then press 1. And later on, I want to talk about nonviolent communication and how it might be able to help in this situation. So what are your immediate thoughts, um, Beata, having heard this? Well, I know on a fourth dimension level that we're on a spiritual battle all over this planet. The evil that is manifesting, all the evil that's manifesting, whether it's in the mind of a police officer who unconsciously Mm. kills a man for no good reason, or Mm. if it's the pharmaceutical industry that just blatantly is making money, billions of dollars off the lives of people, uh, promoting their their jab, their poisonous jab. We are in such a battle, and I try and not get too sad or depressed mm-hmm. about anything anymore, and just mm-hmm. put on my armor and realize right. that it's important for us on, the, especially on the female solution, where we are dedicating time and mental effort and and effort to bring people some light, some information all the way yeah. from the UK to Chicago to Florida, we're, we're spending time helping bring solutions to this right. chaos that we're in. So I am not at all surprised that Paris, I'm, I'm glad that actually that people are waking up and protesting and speaking and voicing their opinion and their beliefs. Because in order for us to get to a peaceful fourth, fifth dimension, we have got to get rid of the evil, the frustration, the anger, the hate, mm-hmm. and all of this. So thank mm-hmm. you, Zana, for bringing clarity to it and some truth, which I had no idea what was going on. But I, I'm just not exactly. surprised. Maybe our guests, our guests would like to chime in on that as well. I would love to um, hear from Dr. Carter in a moment. I just want to say one more thing about this. 
which is that I'm reminded of when the first verdict was handed down in the Rodney King case, and Rodney, you know, the attack and severe beating of Rodney King. Um, the first case was tried by an all-white audience, and, and the officers involved um, were acquitted of any charges against them. And we could all see exactly what happened with Smith. The jury could see exactly what happened, because it was all on film. And they still acquitted the officers. And then there were riots. So I remember a friend of mine saying to me that in the media, they were reporting that people in California were rioting, but they weren't saying why. And this is exactly the same as far as I'm concerned. You know, there's a lot. I had to watch the news for two days before I finally found out why people were rioting. And then they were saying things like a young man was killed. And I was thinking, who is this young man? Is he a black guy? Is he an Arab guy? And they weren't saying for two days. They weren't saying. And then I finally heard someone on TV say that he was a young Arab guy. And I thought, right, I get it. I mean, I suspected it anyway, but now I know. Um, so my guest today is Dr. Wanda Carter from TRIPS, which stands for Television, Radio, Internet, Publishing, Social Media, which is a huge remit. remit. So are you with us, Dr. Carter? Yes. Maybe you okay, might need to I'm let her in, Viada. Can I open her mic now? Dr. How are you? Great, lovely. Here. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Welcome. Welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me. I mean, I've been listening to you, and wow, it's just so unfortunate that these riots are going on and that that child, that young man, had to suffer and be the victim of this police brutality, basically. Yeah. Um, uh, Police are... uh, When I was a kid, um, they used to tell us police were Mr. Friendlies. Uh-huh. And so yep. if you had issues, you walk up to the police and you, I got lost on my way home from kindergarten and I had to go up to Mr. Friendly and ask him how to get home. And and, and that that was the way we, back in the 50s, people were mm-hmm. raised. Mm-hmm. And did he help you to get home? Right. And they help you and they uh, nurture you, take you home, make sure things are right. But today... It seems like uh, there are many reasons why these police are uh, uh, not as empathetic as they were. Yeah, and we need to remember that these people are the representatives of the state. So they're basically doing what the state wants them to do, right? This is what the state is paying them to do. Is right. to enforce um, these these differences, these these conflicts between different groups of people. In 1967, when the riots happened in Detroit, I was nine. So I was, if I, even if I wasn't aware of the police and the role that they sometimes play in terms of, I mean, it's beyond. This is beyond brutality. This is murder. They killed someone. They killed a young guy. Yes. At a traffic stop. And I've been aware of this kind of thing since at least 1967, if not before. Right. I grew up with this awareness from a very young age. So, you know, and I think things have not really improved all that much because 2011, which was, what, 12 years ago, we had riots right the way across the north of Britain, and there were young Asian people. And it would go to one town, the next town, the next town, the next town. And they were saying, we're not going to put up with what our parents put up with. 
So you right. see, when this is happening in Paris now, this is a result of many years of pressure. I'm sure yes. this is a result of many years of pressure. As I said, when they say that um, their rights in Nanterre, which is on the outskirts of Paris, that's where a lot of black people and Arab people are concentrated, on the outskirts of Paris. They can't actually afford to live in the outskirts of Paris. And now, from what I understand, the metro has been closed down. I know the buses have been closed down. So even if they wanted to travel into central Paris, even to get to work, they can't. Because everything, oh you know, everything's been shut down. There's no way to travel within mm-hmm. Paris. And when I read that there there have been 40,000 officers deployed That's across right. the country after this fatal shooting, I mean, it's it's almost like they're bringing in the military. To, no, it's not almost like that. It's like they that. Are. They are. It's <laughs> like it's a military. If you see pictures of the Paris police or the French police, yeah. The way they're dressed, this is a military police force. This is a war. How can you bring in 40,000 police officers? This is a war. Yes, it is. Uh, and against its citizens. It's a war. Yeah, against, against their own, because they don't obviously want to admit that African people and Arabs are French citizens. But when they were colonizing all these countries in Africa, they were telling people, you are French. Don't even think about being an African, right? This was in Africa. They were telling people, don't even think about being an African. You are French. They were forcing people to speak French and not speak their own language. Of course, the same thing happened in Canada, where people were forced to speak English and not allowed to speak their own language. Same thing happened in Australia. We can go on and on and on like this historically, but basically the same tactics were used in all these different places. And, you know, this is one of the results. Now, this young guy being shot, this is just the trigger. I'm sure this is just the trigger. These pressures have been going on for many, many years, and people are so angry. And it's like a volcano. If you put enough pressure on, then eventually it's going to erupt. The same thing happened in London, in Brixton, back in 1981, and other places in Britain as well, the the same year. It's it's happening all over the world. Uh, So when I, I, and I, I'm glad that we're having this discussion because there's so much discussion in Chicago about the the disruption that's occurring with the teens here. Uh, but, mm. you know, it's, it's, it's ironic how uh, the media describes mm. the disruptions when it's in the black community, it's gang riots. Mm-hmm. But when yeah. it's in other communities, it's a uh, flash mob. They don't, they don't, they don't imply that these young people are, uh, uh, life, do life-threatening uh, acts or whatever. They, it's a different tone. Exactly. It's a different tone, it's different images, it's yes. different descriptions. You know, what we're hearing about from Paris is chaos and violence. And they're showing us pictures of cars that have been burnt out. And they might mention at some point that, you know, what triggered it is the killing of this young man. But the emphasis on chaos and, you know, these people are out of control, and the police have to come in, and they keep, they keep bringing in more and more police, like, that's going to help, right? Like, that's going to help. They need to change the focus and start considering why these young people are resistant to police uh, exactly. involvement. You know, exactly. What, 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 have, what, what, 
what are the police doing that to to reestablish some kind of uh, community communication with these yeah. young people? I mean, besides yeah. bringing forty thousand officers to shoot them, what about uh, people coming in to to mentor them, to talk to them, to exactly, uh, exactly, you know, these are disruptive youth, youth because of the way they're being treated, the way they perceive their treatment. You know, it's everything is about perception. So if these young people do not respect the police or appreciate what their efforts have been, it's because they haven't demonstrated to them that they care about them. Exactly. And remembering that the role that the police are uh, playing was dictated yes. to them by the powers that be, right? Yes. They're carrying out the wishes of the establishment. That's right. That's right. They can. That's all they can do. They're paid by the establishment. So yes. just like in media, in the mainstream media, they, they can't talk about or write about or, or, uh, or have any video regarding things that the that the editor or the publisher or the station manager says they, they don't want to cover. So it's That's a lot it. that goes covered, a lot that goes mis uh so speak diagnosed because nobody can they can't delve into the the real issue of why the situation is like this. Now why That's are they right. are, they are you familiar with nonviolent communication at all? Yeah. Yeah, because as you know, in nonviolent communication, we say that everything we do is in order to meet a need, and everything everybody else does is in order to meet a need. So people are rioting and setting fires to cars and blowing places up and doing all these things. That means they're expressing an unmet need. Right. That's right. You you know, when we're talking about, you use the term diagnose. You know, to diagnose what's going on, that's kind of the well, first step. Well, the first step would be to connect with our own feelings and needs. And then right. the next step would be to try to connect with the other person's feelings and needs. Right. People don't just suddenly go crazy and set fire no. to stuff. You no. know? They're doing it. And it's an expression of an unmet need or probably multiple unmet needs. That's so true. And, you know, I'd like to say to your audience, uh, here in Chicago, we have a program called TRIPS, which is yeah, an acronym. Yeah, I'm just going to come on to that. So that's your program, right? Uh, it's, a, it's an acronym for the services that we provide, um, which are television and radio uh, promotion, uh, training in front of the camera, behind the camera. How do you How do you host it's the really show? It's important to have those skills. Absolutely. And also to teach young people about how to analyze what they're seeing. What they're seeing, exactly, and be able to write about it, be able to talk about it, be able to express your feelings about it. Because if you don't, all that anger gets bottled up, and the next thing you know, it's going to explode. You have That's right. to have That's a right. way to... You put enough pressure on, it's going to erupt. It's going to erupt. you got to have a way to... Uh, get that pressure off and to be able to communicate with those that are creating pressure. So, you know, the police need to be, they need to have an advocate working with the community. So, no, uh, they absolutely. Need, instead, of, instead of bringing in 40,000 police, they should have 
maybe brought in a thousand uh, uh, social workers and thank you. And, uh, Just people can communicate and negotiate, and it's yeah. about listening. Nonviolent communication is about listening, right? It's and about empathy. Empathy starts with listening. That's right. You got to. It doesn't mean what, bringing in your big guns, right? That's right. You you got to listen to what the young people are saying. Why is it so important for them? to do these riots. And then, you know, look at the other side. Are they be are these young people being encouraged to be riders by some undercover force that is encouraging them to behave in this manner? Maybe they're being sent money to come out and and uh dis- display this anger. Maybe there's an underlying reason why this is happening across the country. Yeah, well, I think there are underlying reasons, but personally, my opinion is it's not about an outside force encouraging them them to do this. This is just them expressing their frustrations, which they've been dealing with for many, many years. Absolutely. They have been dealing with a lot. And you know, and no the French think that the response to this is just bring in more police, just bring in more police, just bring in more police. That's not going to work. No, it won't. It won't. And it's time for us as a, as people to stand up and say no more. We yes. have to offer alternatives to what they are promoting. We don't yes. want yes. forty thousand more police. We want counselors and 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 um, preachers and teachers to come in and talk to our youth and yes. find and out what to them. Are and what we can do to appease their anger. Yes. You have to talk to them. They're individual people just like we are. And yes. they need they need to have their needs met. Yes. If they don't feel and it like starts with listening. Empathy right. always starts with listening. Yes, it does. Absolutely. You know, it's, not, it's not about bringing in more police, bringing in more heavily armed police, arresting more people. It's like the French still think they can just keep putting a lid on it, and if they put a big enough, heavy enough lid on it, then it will stop. No, it's Somehow not I don't stop. think so. I need Hi, to go to a commercial. Um, so I want to take a commercial break, and I want to ask, is LeVette, um, Wanda Carter, is LeVette uh, a relative or friend of yours? I have someone on yes. Senyard, um Yes. I asked her to call in. Oh, excellent, excellent. Okay, so after after the break, we're going to hear more about your project, Wanda, and then we're okay. going to hear from Lavette. Okay, thank you. And Lavette is in the green room right now. I haven't brought her. I did bring her, but I wasn't sure who Lavette was. So I'll bring on Lavette uh, to our stream yard uh, after the break. So we'll be right back. We all say we would like to be wealthy, but wealth isn't determined by how much money you have. Wealth is determined by your power to define what money is. The dictionary defines money as something used as a way to pay for goods and services and to pay people for their work. So how would you like to have access to an unlimited source of money? Money that is not taxed by the government. Money that increases as you share the opportunity with others. 
money that you can use to pay for goods and services and pay people for their work. I'm talking about Bitcoin. It's the future of independent wealth building. Bitcoin is the new money that you control. Get started building your wealth. Call 312-849-3456. That's 312-849-3456. Do you want to live in a world without war? Join our global peace movement. Heavenly Culture World Peace Restoration of Light transcends culture, religion, ideology, and other boundaries to achieve peaceful harmony in the global society. HWPL is committed to bringing world peace and cessation of war through peaceful dialogue between religious groups. I am Director Shin Suk Kim of the HWPL Chicago branch of North America. Join us for our next gathering. Call 773-580-1501 and be a part of the movement for world peace. Email us at chicagohwpl at gmail.com. I'm Viata, your Holistic Life Coach. These days, it's more important than ever to work on your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. Are you consciously breathing deeply in stressful moments? Do you have a plan or daily routine to maintain balance in your awesome body? Are you struggling to be disciplined in your eating habits? When you partner with me, I'll help you develop a personalized health plan that works for your particular lifestyle. You can find out more about me at yourholisticlifecoach.com where you can also review my three-step protocol to guide you to abundant health. That's yourholisticlifecoach.com and I'm Viato. Women have the power to transform this world. And we are here, women, gathering together on this beautiful Saturday morning, July 1st. It's the 1st of July, ladies. Can you believe we are all halfway through the year? And we're here with Zana in the U.K. and uh, Dr. Wendy, uh, Car- Dr. Carter in Chicago. So, ladies, take it away. Uh, I'm curious. I'm asked, looking at this question, how can empathy and nonviolent communication diffuse situations. So, uh, Zana, I'll let you take over, and then we have uh, someone in the green room waiting to join us, Lavette, I believe. That's lovely. Okay, thank you, Viata. Okay, Wanda, I want to ask you about your organization, TRIP. Um, yes. So it stands for, no, sorry, TRIPS, Television, Radio, Internet, Publishing, Social Media which is pretty much everything in terms of mass communication. So tell me, how did your organization get started? You were the founder. Yes. Uh, The organization is actually called the Chicago Communicative News Media, which has a program that it developed called TRIP. Okay. 
TRIPS is an acronym for television, radio, internet, publishing, and social media production, which are the services that we offer through the Chicago Communicated News Media. I started the organization uh, back in 2002. Well, actually, 1999, Levette and I mm-hmm. came together, and we started the Chicago Communicator uh, West Street Journal newspaper, and, and then it evolved into the Chicago Communicator newspaper, which then, when we began to branch out and do other media, uh, it became the umbrella organization for the services that we provide. Okay, so can you repeat the name of it again, Chicago Communicator? Yeah, we became Chicago Communicator in 2002. In 1999, we were the West Street Journal newspaper. Okay, okay. And, and then what is the purpose of the Chicago Communicator? We provide the services that I just identified for you through TRIPS. We provide television training for our youth and our community residents that have an interest in learning how to work the cameras or how to be a host. Excellent, excellent. So why is there a need for it? How did it first get started? And why did it first get started? It it, it got started because there was a lack of uh, media for I will say black people, um, that we we had to start a way to communicate amongst ourselves mm-hmm. and okay. provide opportunity to promote what our services and our products were. And so we started the uh, Chicago Communicator News Media Organization because mm-hmm. then, as you just said, we were able to offer training in television production, as I just said, radio uh, announcing, radio uh, uh, lining up your clientele to come onto the show, uh, you know, how to work the board, the audio board, and then um, the internet establishing your own web page or website. We teach how to use templates to do that, and right. then you post what it is that's important for your organization or for your personal use to your website. And then the publishing, we were a newspaper already, so we uh, teach how to uh, write articles, uh, do journal journalism uh, entries. You know, if people want to write stories about what happened in their community or their family, uh, we help them put that together. They may write it initially, and then we edit it and help them uh, fine-tune it, uh, and then they can publish that to their social media websites. or Right, right. Out. Okay, so I would like to know um, what has changed since you first started. I'm looking for a specific example. Have you seen, like, for example, more people get employed in the industry, or have you seen people set up their own uh, their own companies? Yes, a, a lot of people today, as a result of COVID and people being forced to work at home, mm-hmm. uh, a lot have a lot of people have started their own um, presentations online, uh, using social media platforms to uh, express themselves through uh, 
like Twitter or Facebook, YouTube. And so, yes, I've seen quite a few people start their own little companies in terms of being able to share information globally now because the Internet has leveled the playing field and enabled a lot of people to be able to communicate around the world. Yeah, which is wonderful. So give me a couple of specific examples of people who you've worked with who either set up their own um, media outlets or who've gotten employed as a result of learning these skills. Well, I I have 12 people that are credentialed through my organization that have their own their own organizations. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of, uh, um, a couple of people are photographers and they do journal they they do uh, journalism through their images and uh, um, they started their own photo companies and they do work independently for people around the city. As a matter of fact, around the country because. Uh, one of my photographers uh, was uh, traveled to Washington when uh, Barack, President Barack, became was nominated, you know, for 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 the presidency. So yeah, mm-hmm. two photographers have started their own business, and uh, then I have other people um, that are community advocates, and they have started uh, promoting what they do via YouTube. Facebook, Twitter, and uh, because they're registered through my organization as media uh, specialists, they have a page on our website and where they update people about what they're doing. So I would say 12, I have en- enhanced 12 people's capacity to talk about what they do through media. And they've taken their organizations, which they already may have already had and enhanced them by being able to do output through the media. Yeah, which is wonderful. Or, you know, communication is such an important thing. Yes, it is. Very important. So important. But what I wonder is, before I was reading um, the information from various papers earlier, were you aware of what was going on in Paris and why? I had heard of it, but no, not into the detail that you went into today. And you then as I started this is why we need our own media companies and our own media organizations, in my opinion, because otherwise we don't get the information, right? Right. A lot of people right. think Black, Black Lives Matter is just about the United States. It's not. It's not. No. We need to keep talking to each other is what I'm trying right. to say. You get me. We need to, well, I, I agree with uh, Naima's approach. Uh, she and I have worked together for many years mm-hmm. uh, in terms of bringing people onto the forums from around the, the world yeah. To, yeah. To, uh, to come and be a part of the discussion so that whatever we decide as an approach to deal with the issue, we do it as global partners. Yeah, that yeah, that makes total sense. And um I'm just wondering maybe you can bring some thoughts about this later. What do we need to do in order to be truly global? Because I don't think that these massive news organizations are really trying to address our needs as black people. I mean it's no. not just about black people, but my priority is my own community. As an African American woman, my community is African people all over the world. 
That's right. And that's, that's my right. priority. So I don't really think these global news organizations are meeting our needs. I really don't. So what that's can we do to improve it? Let's come back to that. Um, Vyasa, could you bring um, Lavette into the conversation, please? Absolutely. Lavette is one of those oh. people that uses trips to uh, highlight and uh, promote the things that she does. And she's an artist, a true artist. So let her introduce herself and tell you a little bit about what she does through trips. Excellent, excellent. Lavette, are you on the line? Lavette, you're in the live show. Go ahead. Greetings, everyone. Thank you for having me. Welcome to the show. Um, Listening to um, what was going on in Paris, and it was really strange because I was thinking about it before I got on the show. And uh, and Wanda Wanda said something. Well, first of all, let me just share with you. I've been with the Chicago Communicator News Media, um, actually uh, the publication that Wanda mentioned, the West Street Journal. Um, We met uh, 27 years ago. Okay. I'm a child, my grandbaby said that, that I met Wanda, so I'll never, um, and uh, we knew that it was some things lacking in our community, citywide, but that didn't have the perspective that we discussed. So partnered with a sister paper, which was the South Street Journal, and we became very busy distributing the, the news. And wow. it grew from, uh, because the, the paper was actually uh, uh, meshed together, um, and you see the South Street Journal on one side of the paper, and then you flip it, and it would be us and our perspectives from pretty much the West Side. And so wow. we pretty much out of, of beyond that paper, and then Chicago Communicator News Media was begun. And so as we went across the city, I mean, it's just two black women putting the paper together, putting it to bed, mm. distributing one end of the city to the other. It was fascinating, but it was grueling. And so mm. out of that, we continued to grow as, as people. And I am also executive director of Westside Cultural Arts Council, and that's a cultural arts organization promoting the plan, which is peace, love, art, and nature. And so that promotes on. It's so intertwined in all of the things we do because we're also associated with other organizations, and we are um, co-chairs in an organization that um, promotes the, the natural resources of 184 acres of land, and that's at our park district, which is, the Garfield, which is Garfield Park. And so doing that and having the venue to promote the activity is what our position is, is to provide which uplifts our people. And so excellent, we excellent. So give me an idea of what it was like when your paper first started. So you were with the West Street Journal or the South Street Journal? 
So we are breaking the barriers where young people can't say, well, we can't deal with those old people because, mm-hmm. you know, they, they don't listen. And so we purposely bring young people with seniors, if it's uh, musicians that uh, perform together, poets that perform together, and adjust the position of ourselves so that we're not looking at each other as though we're separate. And so as I heard... It's so important what you're saying. It's so important. Give me an idea of what it was like when you first started your paper. Sometimes at the same time. Zana, can you hear she's asking you? uh, Go ahead, Zana. I was was saying, Lavette, can you give us an idea about what it was like when you first started your paper and why you first started your paper? Um, it was a need. We didn't have enough uh, journalists in the city, we, as black journalists. We didn't have enough stories being So that was the importance is to tell our story and not his story, as we would say. And so mm-hmm. we started to with people from all over the city and tell their story. So that was very important. But as I was listening to you, talk about the young people and and how they're, you know, the the, the chaos. You use the word chaos. And yeah, I use that word because that was one of the words that was used in the paper. Chicago, where the south side and the west side was burned down. So as I thought oh, about wow. what Wanda had said about perpetrators being put intentionally within those protests, because we did get facts about peaceful protesters being infiltrated right. by right. rioters who intentionally uh, circumvented that peaceful movement. So yes. it is a yes. reality. Yes. We have that Actually, in Britain as well, yes. The riot during COVID here in Chicago, people were just, people were delivering bricks to certain areas because we were like, well, how are they getting the bricks? The bricks mm-hmm. were actually delivered. So we have to be wow. careful how we protest and know that infiltrators will bring the protest down to uh, uh, such a, 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 a low vibration that then the movement is, is, is not fairly looked upon as something mm-hmm. that is a positive. So we need to really know who's who we're marching with and and, 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 right. and right. how come a conclusion with solution. And so I think about when I was eleven and I watched the west side of Chicago burn down from my grandmother's uh house. Because we 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 stayed in a family building with three levels. And so mm-hmm. we were able to go on to the third level and see the West Side burn. And we found out that a lot of uh, uh, people who owned their own businesses that didn't look like us, it was a way for them to get out of the community. So some of them oh, burned really? their own stores. 
but we were we were blamed for it. And so yes, of course, 50, of course. 50 years later, we're still in blight. And so yeah. I would just say to those kinds of movements, when you burn your own city down, it is a long way back. And so we yeah. have to be mindful yeah. and careful of who's at the who's at the march and yeah. what is our purpose for the march. And that right. you know, sometimes the years to get back to normal. So it is just a question in my mind how those things work and um and how we can come to some solution based uh uh Concept. Well, empathy. Yeah, thank you, thank you. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. It's yeah. all about solutions, and that's what we need to focus yeah. on. But I can understand yeah. why people are, you know, basically being crushed under the weight of all their problems until the point where people just erupt. I can understand that. And to me, nonviolent communication is about prevention. It's about preventing getting to that point. And can I just say that one of the preventative measures that we use is that we do call the police, not just right. to come and protect, but we need you at the table as we're planning. We need to know who you are. And we do have those, um, we do have those police that uh, we know when they're out of uniform. You know, we can call and say, listen, right. we got a meeting going on. You really need to be there, and so right. that's very important. I have about I have about at least five police friends that I know. When I talk to them, I know what side of the fence they are on, and right. unfortunately, the systemic uh, per, the systemic issues is that um, you've got a division within the police department. And so it makes it very difficult for some of our policemen that do look like us to have this independent kind of position because you 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 really you, uh, you're 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 sort of hands tied with some things and some things mm-hmm. you know when I question I can call and I can say you know I heard that uh, you know that some other police were uh, taken off. Uh, during the busy time of 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 uh, this moment to make the mayor look bad, and I'll get an answer. And so that helps when you're joining to a certain meeting and you have a, another perspective that you can share. So yeah. I am definitely pro-police when they are pro-community, and mm-hmm. we do yeah, have those. That, that exists, and you do have a lot of racist policemen that really want this to fail. If they want yeah. you to fail. So, yes, yeah, you know, I'm sure I'm, that's true, and that's true in London as well. And we have, well, the police force up and down the country, Baroness Lawrence, who um, was the mother of Stephen Lawrence, who was murdered by racist thugs back in 1993. She traveled up and down the country meeting with black people and black families who had had encounters with the police. And she says that um, the police... 
uh, are characterized by um, institutional racism and institutional corruption. Now, she said this when she entered the House of Lords some years ago. But the McPherson report, which is the report into Stephen Lawrence's murder and the police's failure um, to successfully investigate that murder, said that um, the police are characterized by institutional racism. Now, this is 1994. This report came out. And it wasn't really saying anything new, but it was documenting the fact that the police are categorized by institutional racism. So that means you have a police officer who goes into the police force wanting to do good. It might be a black person, might be a white person, but they actually want to protect the community and, you know, serve the community. They're walking into a situation which is a culture of institutional racism and institutional corruption. There's only so much one person can do in that situation. You see what I'm saying? Lavette? Yes, absolutely. I, I this is Viada. Uh, did you were you able to hear her, Lavette? Not on the, the last couple of words. I didn't hear about institutional racism. Yeah, this is yeah, what Baroness is. Lawrence said when she entered the House of Lords. Now, we've had another report, which just come out a couple of weeks ago or a month ago or something, that said the police are characterized by institutional racism. So these different reports keep telling us the same thing. We already know it, and even if we didn't know it, all these different reports are telling us the same thing. The police are characterized by institutional racism. And this new report now said that the police are characterized by misogyny and homophobia. So, you know, the brief is becoming wider and broader, but it's still saying the same thing, which is that there's this culture. And so if, if somebody goes into the police force with positive intention, they're going into a culture which is not meeting the needs of the community. Exactly. But when, well, you, when you – I'm sorry. Go ahead, ladies. No, go ahead, uh, Dr. Carter. Go ahead. When when you consider how policing uh, started and, and what it started from, what it stemmed from, the mad slave master sending out his troops to go get the slave that ran away, mm-hmm. and how it is, has evolved into today's policing, where they uh, uh, France sent in forty thousand police to mm-hmm. to deal with its residents. Yeah. Uh, uh, I say uh, it's been the, the policing philosophy has changed, and 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 um, there are some good folks that go into policing with the right intentions, and uh, and uh, when they get inside the gates of the policing environment, then they have to concede to some extent to rules and regulations of their employer. Well, yeah, but to me it's not just about the rules and regulations. It's a culture, a culture which does not encourage support of the community. And that's, you know, that's the problem, really. Yeah, well, that's not their culture. Their culture is is, uh, organizational strategies to address the cause and reduce the fear of crime. That's what they say. That's what they're oh, supposed yeah. to do. But uh, I don't know that folks that have young people that have been eliminated 
uh, have the same opinion of that description. Yeah, well, I don't think I share it either. (laughs) And there are many, many people in Britain who would not share that opinion either. (laughs) Many, many people. It's so important that we keep these um, lines of communication open and we keep establishing new ones. Uh, We're going to go to a break now, but we'll be back shortly. I'm speaking with Dr. Wanda Carter from TRIPS, Television, Radio, Internet, Publishing, and Social Media. And this is Jana with the Success Strategies Show. We'll be back very soon. Thank you. What happens when a group of people are kidnapped from their homes, smuggled away in chains, and held captive in a foreign land where they are tortured, raped, and forced to perform hard labor by the lash of a whip and under the constant threat of death? Slavery. I don't know where that came from. Okay, let me try another one. So, so we probably both pushing buttons at the same time. Sorry, sorry about that. I'll let oh, you do it. Playing some. You can go ahead if you want. Okay, I'll do it. <laughs> Let's make a decision here. I will do the next one. Okay. Okay. Right. I just push play. Are you constantly arguing with your spouse? Are your children misbehaving and acting out? Is someone in your family abusing drugs? Have you been the victim of domestic violence? Are you grieving over the loss of a loved one? Let us help you restore serenity to your life. At Serenity Family Social Services, we understand that good mental health is a result of emotional well-being. Our goal is to assist you and your family in removing emotional distress and restoring harmony and balance to your lives. We offer individual, couples, and family counseling. I'm Howard Williams, CEO of Serenity Family Social Services. Call us today at 312-315-4820. That's 312-315-4820. Okay. Do you worry about finances? family, health, jobs, relationships? Are you in pain? Do you feel stuck? If you answered yes to any of these questions, help is available. Don't worry, you're not alone. It's part of the human process. You only feel this way because you haven't mastered the voices in your head. No hype, just down-to-earth, solid, workable tools and techniques that you can practice daily. It's really food for the soul, whether you want to learn how not to worry about anything, reverse type 2 diabetes, publish a book, promote your product or service, or just make extra money. To take advantage of the deal of the day, go to zeldaspeaks.com or call 312-409-6619. Mention promo code The Female Solution and get free shipping. That's zeldaspeaks.com. Or 312-409-6619. Stop worrying today. Visit ZeldaSpeaks.com. Hi, I'm Naima Latif. Join me and my co-host, Kareem Hamid, 
every Wednesday morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. on the Female Solution Radio Show as we explore that relationship that is the foundation for our society, the relationship between men and women, husbands and wives. Join our discussion as we seek to repair broken family ties and rebuild our community. Listen online at www.blogtalkradio.com slash the-female-solution. Call in and comment 515-605-9325. Press 1 to speak to our host. Or you can join us live on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash the-female-solution. And we're back. And I'll let Zana, Zana, we have someone in the studio uh, with their hand up, 773 number. If, are you in the studio as well, I think? I am, yeah, I'm in the studio. I can let you in. Hello, welcome to the show. Say your name, please. My name is Rashida Ali. Rashida, welcome to the show. Have you got Thank thoughts you. about what we've been talking about today? Yeah, I want to have a brief comment on um, institutional racism. Okay. Um, I reside here in Chicago, and um, I know that, and I heard it was publicly announced by the mm-hmm. guy who um, is over over the um, um, union for the police. He said um, that all. All um, Muslims should have a bullet in them, and to me, that that's not only racism; that's a hate um, statement. And unfortunately, um, my innocent grandson was shot in the head, and unsolved homicide up until today. And he uh, was a good brother, not because he's my grandson. But because he um, he was 26 years old, he earned $125,000 a year from mm. uh, working as a contractor. And someone just mysteriously drove up and shot him in the head at 26. And he left the daughter behind. What a shame. That, what a shame. that statement, you know, I, I, I accept that. And I know people do grieve. But it's it's a burden and it's a trauma to to hear a, a representative of the a, a police force say that, and then to have something like that happen to your your own loins, your own you know children. So there should be some resolve. You know, we people um, in our community, though, in African American community, we have become complacent because we have become complacent. Yes. Complacent. And the problem is there are too many unsolved homicides. Now, yes. Yes. death is good. Uh, you know, because God, you know, make us go to a higher form in life. But murder is not even accepted in the scripture. So we shouldn't accept it and when there's racist statements where uh, members of the community is getting uh, not only wounded but also murdered because yes. of that type of action. And then mm-hmm. I have a friend who was of the ministry group. His brother-in-law um, 
over in Bridgeport, he was killed by a, a group of, of racist people, and they did not even get uh, charged as murderers. So we have to be accountable. We can't sit up and let people and expect them to uh, take an action for us. We have to, you know, put the pressure on them to do that because that was under our uh, past mayor's um, office that this man said that, and he still has a job. Right, and right. So who was this man? Was he a police officer? He was over the police union in Chicago. Really? And okay. Well, you know, these things are really tragic, and I just wonder, are we really complacent, or maybe people just don't feel like they know what to do? I'm not sure. I'm just not sure. I'm just asking. Maybe people need more guidance in terms of what we can actually do to prevent these kinds of of things happening, these terrible, terrible incidents. And it is about changing a culture, which is part of what the Blood and Carnival for Nonviolence is about. It's what every year uh, Black Women for Positive Change hold a month of nonviolence, and that's the purpose of the month of nonviolence, is to change the culture, to change the culture of violence. Yeah, but see, they like to me there should be more uh, humanism and pragmatics. You know, because I agree completely. We can't just sit around talking about it. Communication is important, but action is more important. I just got a message from uh, from Dr. Stephanie Myers um, saying that she tried to phone in, but there are people in front of her, so I've just asked her to phone in again. Uh, She's one of the architects of the Month of Nonviolence which is held every October by Black Women for Positive Change. It's open to everyone, but it's a black woman initiative. And uh, the Blood and Carnival for Nonviolence is part of the uh, month of nonviolence held by Black Women for Positive Change. So people like you, Wanda, and you, Lavette, I really, really want you to please send us in a blog saying what you know your experience what your experience is of nonviolence what your experience is of peace and what your experience is of empathy you can choose one or all three of those but i really want to hear from you it's very important that we hear your voice right we've got another call i think it might be dr myers let me just see who this is hello welcome hello how are you welcome to the show can you say your name please it's Bianchi. You know, <clears throat> looking at the rats over there, I knew it would be only a, a moment of time before the lax immigration rules that they pose on those countries in Europe that those people would be coming in and tearing it up. And that's exactly what you're saying. It's nothing wrong with the authorities, the people that they're dealing with. What they need, what would be nice is if they could import some Nigerian police over there and they'd take care of those problems because you wouldn't get away with that type of action in Nigeria. They yeah, use I don't live really police is a solution. I don't think it's a solution at all. Well, they come in and tear up people's stuff with the idea that, well, they got insurance. Well, the same thing could be said about Black Wall Street. Those blacks that got their businesses burned down, they had insurance too. So burn them down again. Yeah, I don't no, think there's any comparison. Totally ridiculous. What's happening totally in Paris? 
because of racist pressure that people are under and communities are under. Well, we got all kind of excuses. There's never a shortage of excuses. Anyway, I'll continue listening. Okay, thank you for your call. This is Lizette. I'd like to interject. Um, can you hear me? Yes. yes. Loud and clear. Loud and clear. Oh, you have you you have a a, a a national problem where police who can harm someone and be guilty can go over to the next jurisdiction and his crimes won't follow him. And so that's a national problem. And so I don't think it is a national problem. I think it's a global problem. Where we know who's being hired because you've got people who are coming from other countries who are pretty much considered alt-right, racist, and they come into this country and um, and they're put on these police forces. And so we don't know, we don't know and we can't track uh, a, a lot of uh, police who shouldn't be police. And so you've got a multiplicity of things like the gentleman's the brothers just saying there are excuses for everything, but those are realities. Well, well, you know, um, every police officer goes through the same training, depending on where they're based. People can't just come into the country and join a police force without going through the training. So we had a program on TV, a series about 10, 15 years ago called The Secret Policeman. This program, was, I believe, was made by the BBC. And they had a journalist go undercover at three different police constabularies. Now, the one I watched was the North Wales Police Constabulary, and they actually filmed secretly what was going on in the training program. And one guy, one white guy, um, he was from, I'm not sure if he was English or if he was Welsh, I think he was English, but he put a pillow over his head and pretended to be from from the Ku Klux Klan. And said, well, if I found an Asian person, he used a derogatory term, which I'm not going to repeat. But if I found an Asian person, I'd do this to him and I'd do that to him. And one of the things that he said, he had been in the Metropolitan Police previously. That is to say the London Police. He'd been in the Metropolitan Police previously. And one of the things he said is the senior officers know what we're doing. They know what they that what we are doing, but they don't care. So I mean, some of these things that happen would not be able to happen were it not for the complicity of the senior officers. You know, they're not just importing people from other countries really nilly. They know what people are doing. And this guy was in training. He was in training for the North. North Wales Constabulary. His next door, you know, the person in the next room, person staying in the next room was an Asian guy. You know, it's just really, it's, it's just, I don't even have the words to say how I feel about this, but it's very, very upsetting. So, like I said, that's 10, 15 years ago. I'm not sure that things have improved at all since then. 
Okay, Lavette. Well, you know, I, I was going to say, um, just think about the, uh, in New York, they found a whole uh, police department that was a Chinese police force mm-hmm. right here in our country. Operating, wow. operating as policemen. Then you have wow. private groups that will approach you. You don't know what jurisdiction they are. So we have a problem because not only you, you're dealing with your own uh, uh, police uh, policemen, but you have private companies that are operating like vigilantes. And so wow. even in the Constitution, a lot of, a lot of, I, I can't call the, the, which, which, uh, uh, which amendment, but, um, uh, it, it, it's written as far as who the militia is and, uh, what rights they have. And right. that's why so many, and so if we're not dealing, you know, a lot of people don't want to deal with politics, but politics rules. And if we are not advocates of changing the laws, then we're subjected to what the laws is going to give us. So right. it goes a lot deeper than just standard procedure. We, we're dealing with uh, some really deep-rooted corruptness, and we have to be solution-oriented and really talk about does politics matter? You got young people that saying through uh, voting. I'm not dealing with politics, but every day when you don't deal with it, just like the Supreme Court, they're changing and 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 and, and uh, uh, taking laws away that been on the books. You know, it's a lot of harm. I know it's really to, shocking. I am really uh, shocked. I am really shocked that this has happened. And also, Joe Biden decided to try and do something positive for people and get some of the student debt written off, and that was overturned by the by the, uh, by the Supreme Court. So the things that are going on, well, they've eliminated affirmative action. And I always say, because some people in the state say, well, affirmative action didn't make any difference. And I say, well, you don't think it made any difference. Try living in a country where there is no affirmative action. You get me? Oh, uh, Donna, I have a question for you. You referred to yourself as an African-American, but you're yeah, in the right. U.K. Can you? Explain that to me. What, why are you I was born in New York City. I grew up in New York oh. City. That makes me African American, okay. right? Because my parents are African American. But I live oh, okay. here now. I've so, lived here for most of my life. Oh, I had no idea. I thought you were born in the really? UK. So okay. thank you. Thank you for clearing that up because. Um, no problem. I, yeah, no, no problem. Yeah, but, but I you know, I, this I is one of the reasons why I can see the connection on both sides of the Atlantic. The same thing is happening. We can't pretend that it's just an American still, problem. It's not. Are your parents still living here? No, my parents are, have both passed now. They never did. Yeah, they, they lived in the States their whole lives. And the rest of my family, I'm the only one over here as far as I'm aware. But, yeah, my parents lived in the States. 
Well, I, I wanted to just bring up a, uh, another global uh, system problem of the church, the Catholic church. When Levette mentioned they passed these, uh, or I don't know if it was Levette or Zana, how they passed these uh, police officers around to different uh, de- uh, departments and hide mm. their crimes. The Catholic Church. Yeah, they did the same thing with the Catholic Church. They did the same thing, didn't they? For many, many years. I'm sorry? I said they did the same thing with the Catholic priests for many, many years. They would just send them to a different parish. And there was a time when all priests had to sign a declaration stating if they found out that one of their brothers was a pedophile, they must not turn him in. It's a big club, and as uh, the comedian said, George Carlin says, and we ain't in it. So what do we do? Part of the uh, prevention is to get out of the matrix uh, system and promote mm-hmm. uh, soft, take our power back, New uh, newspapers like Levette has involved in, and take our power back and stop uh, being utilizing these systems uh, yeah. which are not promoting. Uh, fairness and truth and empathy, as you as you mentioned in your title. Yeah, because um, I, well, the thing is, we can change these institutions, or we can work outside of them. But you know, something needs to change, and I think that empathy is the key. I would say that because I'm so into NVC, nonviolent communication. So, to me. If you want to talk about solutions for a bit, and anyone is welcome to jump in. Uh, and, and share your thoughts. But um, for me, nonviolent communication, I think of it primarily in terms of prevention. And as I said before, it's about listening. Empathy is mostly about listening. Empathy in NBC is um, based, well, the, the definition of empathy in NBC is connecting with feelings and needs. So the first step is to connect with our own feelings and needs. If we're sitting there blaming people and saying that they're evil or they're destructive or, you know, all these things that are being said, um, that's not connecting with our feelings and needs. That's an expression of unmet needs. Now, we all have what in NBC are called jackals. Jackals are things like blaming and labeling. We could say, oh, these young people, they're out of control. Oh, they're evil or they're destructive or, they're, you know, focusing on the things that we don't like. That's an expression of unmet needs. But if we really want to make progress, we need to talk about what are our needs and then talk about how to achieve them. And we can do that together in partnership and in communication with people who we don't necessarily agree with. It's about connecting from the heart. So let me ask everybody on this call, what would you ideally like to see? As Marshall Rosenberg, who invented NBC, says, what would make your life more wonderful? Anybody feel free to speak up. Through our program called The Plan, and as you can see, Wanda, now we, we really like to use these acronyms. And the plan is, is <laughs> yeah, Okay, cool. And it says peace, love, art, and nature. Peace, for, peace in the neighborhood, love for the misunderstood, 
art for the young at heart, and nature, let's thank the creator. So when we bring young people to this plan, we don't have to tell them what to sing, what to write, right. or what to, right. or, or spoken words, because they're going to already know that they have to fall in line with the plan. And as I said earlier, it's intergenerations. So we get a Mm -hmm. chance to one-on-one with them. And through the arts, through song, through poetry, that's how we tell our story as the slaves who sung his freedom songs. And no one knew exactly what the codes were in the song. And so as I work with young people who want to do something different, I give them that platform to express themselves. I called the young man yesterday, and I said, hey, listen, it's this uh, radio station that is really promoting positive music. And uh, so he found out what the radio station was, and he was like, I didn't know this existed. He was like, man, some of my friends are on here. And I felt so good that as an old person, not an older, older person, <laughs> that I was able to give him something that was so relatable. And so mm. I'm a recording well. And I have young people who are musicians, and they're like, hey, I want to play with you. I want to do something on your music. And so we've got to keep those barriers away from our situations where we uh, uh, alienate ourselves from our young people. So this is, I think, when you when they can relate to you and you don't jump in saying, well, I, I really don't like this about you, I really don't like that about you, find something that you like. Sometimes I'm like, girl, I love that green hair. And, of course, mm-hmm. I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do mine green, and then they'll say, why not, Miss Bovac? And so I did. I put a little green feather, you know, so that I could just relate. And they don't see me as a hindrance to their learning. And so through my songs, they can relate. And so they like what I'm saying. And I intentionally practice with certain beats that they like so I can reel them in. And then the, the music reels them in but the words touch their heart. And so we've got to have that relationship with them where they don't see us as different. Right, right. I like purple hair myself. <laughs> mm, purple, you know green, you know, there's also the nice colors out there. So and give us a couple of examples of young people that you've worked with, um, Levette, and what changes you've seen. I didn't hear that question. What did you say now? Sorry. I said give us a couple of specific examples of young people that you've worked with and what changes you have seen. Um, there's a young a young woman. Uh, her name is Brianna. And Brianna, I've mentored her for, uh, for a few years and uh, as a poet. And so now through her trauma, She's developed a wellness program that focuses on mind wellness. And so I gave mm-hmm. her the platform where she could come and do her workshop. And then uh, Legner Library picked her up. So now she's doing 
uh, open mic with a wonderful oh, um, every every fourth Friday on Juneteenth we part we paired a senior band which is a really good band uh, the Ron Prince band and he brought on uh, Zeke Lakai who is a guitarist that Rolling Stone a magazine said that he was as good as Jimi Hendrix so to see those two paired together it was really awesome because the older band i mean the band which most of the musicians are like close to 70 had to keep up with it was funny because they had they were they were studying like we got to keep up with this 23 year old it was funny but they were mm-hmm. intense and ended on beat so that those are the kinds of things that really open the door for us to grow the audience. So now we bring in the younger people because now that they're not only looking at the older people, but they're looking at the young person who is their peer. And so that's been a program that's been going on for about four years. And now the park district supports it because it's like they reference the plan. And so like trips, trips also focuses on the, the, the young person getting behind the land so that they can see the story from another perspective. And so it's a beautiful, it's a really a beautiful concept. And, you know, we just do the best we can to make sure hmm. that we keep those lines of communication open. Hmm. I think you've got Naima in the studio with her hand up. Okay, she's okay. gone. <laughs> I know. I don't right, know. Let's see who's got who's in the studio. Hi, welcome to the show. No, I'm I'm pleased to be able to call back, <laughs> but you made mention about that the decision on student loans and affirmative actions was bad. Those was good decisions. The government is not federal government is not supposed to read uh, to give student loans. And Joe Biden made that promise. He was bamboozling people. If you're going to forgive people student loans, then why not forgive their car notes? Or why not forgive their mortgage? So how was this a good decision? In what way was it a good decision? Because the court said that he has no right to do that. Spending comes through mean it's a good decision, not the president. Spending, the Constitution says that the legislation makes the laws, not the president, and surely not the courts. And that's what's wrong. People are getting away from those bases, just like affirmative action. Affirmative action has been misused for a long time. You're not supposed to put some people in a position because of the color of their skin or something based on ancestral history you had a case there with that affirmative well that's the case here's the thing how is it that the nigerians who's first second and third generation in the country whose skin is just as black as wesley snipe and isaac hayes how is this they perform ahead of everybody else and when you give a native black american 310 points as you were doing as was going on in some like your harvard and your yale and then you were deducting 
a 40 point from the Asian, is that not discrimination? Is that not racism? Is that not wrong? People have been put into positions of power and influence and status on the basis of their skin color for many, many years since this country began. I mean, since that ain't got nothing to do with that's not everything to do with college interest, though. Sorry, Vieta, what was that? Okay, Donna, she have, wants to make a point. When you have biz, when you have businesses that have been given tax breaks, millions and millions of dollars through a scheming system that only uh, supports certain people, and that's the that's the the, the one percenters that where their funds and their money has been brought to them based on uh, investments that have been part of the slave system. Their their wealth continues through their uh, through 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 their lineage. And so power no, and privilege. No one, yeah, we're talking about power and privilege, right? If you're not looking at the wealth of this country and where it came from and why those laws were put in place because systematically we were denied that same funding through housing, through uh, uh, all other kinds of methodologies that this country set up for their own kind. And so that was instituted because of the disparities that weren't afforded us through our a uh, 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 labor not being uh, paid for hundreds of years, and so you don't think that that constitutes uh, reparation? That has nothing to do with affirmative action. Oh, affirmative action the way it would you. That has nothing to do with affirmative action. Access. And so if you say that it, it's not deserving, then I'm not sure if you're aware that for hundreds of years we were put on the back burner, and that's why those laws were put in place because we were denied for so many years. And so, yeah, well, I, the United I, I States, agree. you know, we're talking about affirmative action. It's wrong to so put somebody years. into a position because of the color of their skin. But that's been going on for hundreds of years since the United States was founded. Regardless, you you can't do wrong today to correct. You can't do wrong today to correct something that was done wrong in the past. So if you're going to put a person in a position, if you're going to put, well, you know, as a corporation, I'm not going to hire anybody because they come to me thinking they're going to get a job on the color of their skin. It's not going to happen. And why would you want you know, to hire somebody who doesn't qualify it's, it's just a, because of the color of their skin? But that's what's happened you, for hundreds of years. Why has this happened for hundreds of years? That, anyway, you got to go back. You have to jump in your time machine and go back and talk to them people then. Thank you for your call. We're talking, everybody's talking at the same time. Please stop. Please stop. Okay, he's dropped. His number has dropped. Okay, if you want to oh, continue. Of course. It's time for another break. While, we're, while we're going to a break, I would like everybody to think about what would be your ideal situation. 
right? What would you like to see happen ideally? And that could be in Chicago, it could be nationally, it could be globally. But I want to know, in your heart of hearts, what would make your life more wonderful? So we'll be back in a second. I'm going to do a couple ads now, and then we'll be back. Oh, man, God sent the monthly sun bill today. This sunlight is really expensive, especially during this season. I'll probably have to work overtime to pay it. Well, you better pay it on time. We don't want the sun to go out, and we're sitting up here all day in the dark. Wouldn't it be terrible if God charged us for sunlight? Well, thank God, the light and heat from the sun is free. So why are we paying such high bills for the energy we use in our homes? Because we don't know how to use solar energy, the free energy from the sun. You can convert your regular home to a solar energy home and save tremendously on your electric bill. Take a look at your electric bill. Wouldn't you like to reduce or possibly even eliminate that cost altogether? Let one of our solar consultants show you how. Call today, 312-849-3456. And schedule a free consultation. That's 312-849-3456. Hi, I'm Naima Latif, executive producer of the Female Solution Global Radio TV Show. We are a part of the online network of Associated Internet Radio hosts, On Air. On Air empowers you with transformative news and interactive radio TV shows. This is such a wonderful time to be alive and to see our human family coming together as one community as a result of that powerful tool, the Internet. We can now talk directly to each other all over the world. There's no need for conflict or misunderstanding. There's no need for violence to solve our differences. We can talk to each other face-to-face until we reach an agreement. On Air offers a fantastic global guide to communicators from all over the world who are using their Internet platforms to inspire us to strive to be our best selves in order to become the kind, compassionate, loving people we were all born to be. Once we do that, we'll see planet Earth transformed into a place of peace. Subscribe to the recommended YouTube channels, Facebook pages, and podcasts created by these Voices of Enlightenment. On Air provides daily news briefs and a weekly magazine to keep you abreast of events and opportunities. On Air news affiliates in television, radio, and print share information insight, and interviews with notable personalities. Go to onaireverywhere.com for a daily dose of uplifting news. We're on air everywhere, online all the time. Do you or your organization need space for an event? Call the Quarry Event Center at 2423 East 75th Street in Chicago. For your parties, banquets, award ceremonies, repasses, concerts, and business seminars, available seven days a week, now under new management, call us at the quarry at 773-663-2557. That's 773-663-2557.
Okay, and we're back. Is everyone still here? Beata? Yeah. Here. Hi. Lovette? Okay, I was going to, you were asking a question about uh, ideal situation in life. And uh, first of all, let me just say the topic of reparations and affirmative action is a very divisive topic. Let's not even go there because we all don't agree on how that should be resolved or handled or I, for one, uh, think it less government, the better we are. Because at the last three years have demonstrated to all of us how this corrupt government is in bed with lobbyists like the big pharma companies. So we cannot, I, I, for one, don't want Biden to do anything for me. I don't want the government to do anything for me because once they start, uh, making laws that so-called help us and make us I, our, our life more pleasant. I do, they're going to control us. So let's leave the government out. That's my my idea of a ideal situation is no government. I have divorced the IRS. I have no uh, no car, my car just got. I lost my car and I'm divorcing insurance companies. At this, I don't have health insurance. I don't have car insurance. My life is wonderful because I don't have all these, quote, obligations to uh, system company, corporations. Because we live in America. This is a corporatocracy, in my opinion. That's who's running our government. So my opinion is get the government out of our lives, and we will be a lot happier people and idea. And I want to say also, you know, um, Zana, I I found a picture uh, the other day. 56 years ago, I was on my way to Paris, France. I was in, um, I was in, I think I was in seventh grade, and my mm-hmm. French class trip to France. And I'm looking at the picture of the group that went to July 7th, 1967. So that mm-hmm. was 56 years ago. And I think about what a, a pleasant trip that was because we were on a bus touring Paris uh, and staying in hostels. And eating bread and wine. We even even at uh, 12 years old, I was eating uh, bread and drinking wine sometimes with my my classmates, and it mm-hmm. was just the most awesome experience. Fast forward 56 years. Look at what's happening. Paris is burning. I think there's a movie called Paris is Burning. So it probably um, is. I yeah. Look at the, I look at what's going on in our world today as a transition from the third dimensional physical, uh, wrong, right, good, bad, to fourth and fifth dimension where we can have more peace and no war. That's another thing. An ideal situation for my life would be to not have to think about all the bombs we're dropping on other countries. That would be ideal. And that's what I'm working for on blog talk radio is promoting consciousness and peace. And then I want to ask um, Lavette real quick about the the 14-year-old that shot the man in Chicago and how uh, how does she have any information as to why that argument uh, ensued or developed in the first place? Because for me, empathy would have been for that woman to recognize the uh, mental illness of the man who, who punched her. That I, I looked at the video and I said, "Wow, 
if only the woman who got punched had recognized that the man who was yelling and screaming had a mental illness. He was in mm. he was in uh, rage of like something I'd never seen. His whole body was fla- was flailing and all that. And I'm wondering, Lavette, if you know anything about why this this whole conflict developed. I'm just giving my personal. We lost you. My my show with with Wanda is limo. That's who I am. Lavette, in my opinion, so this is just my opinion. Okay, Lavette. Was made aware of a few things that, and as I looked at the video. This, you know, I'm not going to, you know, how his mental state of mind was. But I, after finding out that he abused his girlfriend, and no telling who else he's been abusing, but I think what happens is that he, he uh, attacked the wrong person. And that, the, the sister that uh, had to call her son, I'm quite sure that is not an experience that she wanted her son to have. Mm-hmm. And as Tom hit her, he could have killed her right there. But then he attacked her again. And so at that when her son stepped in. Because this man hit her hard enough to kill her with one blow. Well, the, so, you oh don't God. see that as men. You don't see that as mental illness, the way that man behaves? She's gone. Well, that's gone. Anyway, I'm not going to dwell on that too much. I'm going to do a show about that tomorrow, how to prevent that type of, of violence. Levette has dropped off for a minute. So, uh, Zana, I'll give the show back to you. I've expressed my opinion on the ideal situation in my life is no government and no war. That's my, I'd have more peace and joy and love in my experience without government and war. So go ahead, Tom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's my Okay, thank you. Thanks, Fiata. Okay, are you still with us, Wanda? I don't know what happened to Levette. Uh, yeah, Wanda, are you still with us? Her cell phone probably uh, died. She probably has to go plug it up. She'll be back. All uh, right, okay. So uh, uh, what's your thoughts about what would be the ideal perfect situation that would make you happy? Uh, to see, <clears throat> excuse me, to see our world transformed in terms of each other enough to allow them to be who they are, and uh, sharing resources. There shouldn't be any hungry people. And if a vet, if a person went to war for this country, there shouldn't be any homeless veterans. There shouldn't be any hungry people. And I think about all of the people as I'm driving to go work at the center. I pass Bidox where I see tents erected and people mm, living outside. Yeah. You know, yeah. sleeping on cardboard boxes. Yeah. And I have to think about this is Chicago, Illinois. Yeah, I know. It's not a third world country. Why do we have people sleeping outside? 
Then I pass other communities. I see on uh, Racine and 14th Police Station, in front of the police station, I see a lot of tents and people with backpacks and bags and laid out on the street right in front of the police station. So your idea would be for everyone to have a place to sleep that's warm in the winter and safe and clean? Safe. We should, there should be no hungry people. There should be, we shouldn't be fearful of one another because Mm. every man, woman, and child just wants to live and survive. So we should all be able to live and survive. Yeah. And And preferably in, in harmony with each other. Exactly. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. That would be my my wish. But yeah, uh, which is beautiful. That is beautiful. We just had someone phone in from three one two, and the person just dropped. If you could phone back, because I'm wondering if this is Dr. Myers calling from Black Women for Positive Change, and I would like to get her on. If that was she, I'd like to get her on before we close. Um, Lavette, are you back with us now? Naima was waiting. That three one two eight four nine was Naima's number. And, oh, um, Naima. Okay, Naima, call back, please. Call back because I want to hear what you've got to say as well. Um, yeah. Well, to me, my to- ideal would be for everyone to know and practice in VC nonviolent communication. That's what I'm working towards for everybody, everywhere, children, adults, young people, old people, black people, white people, everywhere, to to have the skills to be able to connect from the heart, to have the skills to, to be able to connect with each other using NBC, using empathy. And this situation that's happening at the moment in Paris, like I said, to me, NBC is largely about prevention, right? If, instead of just bringing in more police and more police and more police, if the people in the government had sat down and talked to these people, the residents of Paris, and listened to them and listened to what they have to say and connected with their feelings and needs, it didn't have to get to this point. It didn't have to get to the point where someone was shot. It didn't have to get to the point where the the riots are happening, people are setting fire to things and burning cars and whatnot. All of this is preventable. It's preventable. Um, So the thing is, you know, because these things happen and conflicts are going to continue to happen, there's never going to be a point where everybody agrees with everybody else about everything. It's just not realistic. But we can resolve our differences before they get to the point of being violent. We can resolve our differences. And that's what I want us to see, to have. I want to have that um, that skill. Who's calling from area code 312? Is that Naima? Yes. Oh, welcome. Welcome to the show. (laughs) Yes, great show. I'm glad I had a chance to kind of dip in and uh, you know, Wanda was talking about people that she has trained, and um, with one of her photographers, we're all a crew of us down here at the NASCAR races in Chicago, and her photographer, Marcus Robinson, who's representing CCN, uh, CC News Media, 
is down here. And, mm-hmm. you know, this was a, a, an interesting situation because this is expected to generate a lot of money. But when that situation with the woman and her son popped up and people were very angry when they found out that she had been jailed after having been assaulted, they threatened to shut this whole thing down. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, 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 the protesters said, look, there won't be any races unless you let her go. So I'm sure that was one of the incentives for the state's attorney to decide to drop the charges. And it always comes down to, to financial interest. You know, it seems like oh, our justice yeah. only happens when someone's going to lose some money as a result of being unjust. And that's, that's kind of what happened. And so now, you know, the, the major event, they rearranged the whole city and, and a lot of money riding on this. And I, I think it just lets us know the power that we have as a collective but yeah. like you said, there are better ways to do things other than have, having to threaten to tear up stuff. And I yeah. think if we can, well, we can have I conversations. Put it that way. The way I put it, which I said earlier, is that if you put people oh. under enough pressure, eventually they're going to erupt. Right. 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 And it's not about better ways of doing things. It's how can we prevent this by connecting yeah. with each other. If that connection had happened, if people had actually talked to and listen yes. to each other, maybe we yes. have got to this point. Absolutely, absolutely, and that's what everybody's realizing is that it, because people are at the boiling point because they're under such yeah. stress, and such financial pressure, and such so much repressed anger, anything yeah. can cause an explosion. And so and that's people feel like, right. helpless. And they, when people feel helpless, crazy. that's when they right. start experiencing rage and they start right. acting on that. Right, absolutely. That's what can happen. Well, so. nobody cares about me anyway. Nobody's going to listen to me. That's when we right. start connecting with rage, and that rage right. can be very, very explosive and even destructive. Yes, it can. Yes, it can. Yes, it can. So we, well, you're doing a, a fantastic job in teaching nonviolent communication. That needs to be a way of life. And uh, thank you. Yeah, thank you for the compliment. Yes, it does need to be a way of life. It starts with having empathy for ourselves, right? If you can't yeah. connect with somebody else from the heart, that just means you need more empathy. Absolutely, that is it. So we'll we'll make sure we make that that whole nonviolent communication part of our. Parenting with Peace class. We'll be calling you real soon. To, uh, yeah, do call me because I'm looking forward to that. Important. And Viata, you've got your own show. I'm looking forward to hearing you do a blog or a vlog or a, uh, um, an audio blog, however you want to do it, for the for the uh, the 10th anniversary of the Blog and Carnival for Nonviolence. Oh, okay. When is that? It's now. <laughs> Started now. The deadline is the fifteenth of September. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, we'll we do time. something yeah. together. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Well, in the meantime, tomorrow I'll be on Soul Purpose Healing tomorrow night talking about how Hollywood is destroying our communities with violence, fear and ignorance. That's my topic tomorrow. So hope you'll join me tomorrow right here on the and soul purpose healing. It's been a pleasure here with you. I've got to jump on a conference call for Mama A Z. We're having a conference call. Mama A Z, one of our frequent today is her birthday and we're going to call talking about the soul. We all 
So I know we're about to end. I just want to see if there's somebody on the line, actually. I'm not sure they have their hand up, though, so maybe not. Hello? Levette's doing an empathy statement. Go ahead, Levette. Go for it, Levette. And uh, uh, my bank ended my card, and I had no clue. It was for uh, an unsuspected $1.99 charge that Google sent through, and it put a red flag. So I couldn't make my purchase. So the lady next to me, and I her name, Artesia, she said, don't put anything for it, which is about 30 And so she was a white woman, and didn't know me from anybody. So that's the kind of give back, you know, that sharing. Uh, my daughter said, well, mom always helping everybody. So it was your mm-hmm. time. And yeah. so, you and give hope and humanity. Unfortunately, you're kind of fading in and out, but I think I've got the gist of what you were saying. We all have to look after each other. Absolutely. 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 And, and this is Wanda Carter. I just like to invite you all to. Can you hear me? Are you yes, all I can able? hear you. I can hear you. Okay. Uh, I'd like to invite all of you all to the uh, CCN News Media on point this coming Wednesday from at at six from six to seven, and I'll send an invitation to Naima and Naima you yeah, can send please it to do. Naima, that. that'd be brilliant. Yes, yes, and I enjoyed the show so much. Thank you so much for inviting me, and the discussion has just been um, oh, something I will never forget. It's been a wonderful discussion. Thank you. Well, I'm yeah. really, really glad you joined us, and I'm really glad that you enjoyed it, and I'm hoping to, hear, to have you on again. Oh, absolutely. No problem. Thank you. Um, do you want to say something, or should I? Go for it. Go for it. Thank you to all of our listeners. We'll see you again next time. We've come to the end of our show today, but you can hear every show in the archives at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the-female-solution. You can also hear today's show on the Female Solution Facebook page. Go to www.facebook.com slash thefemalesolution. Leave your comments about today's show. You can always reach me on my website at www.naimalatif.com. That's www.naimahlatif.com. Watch our TV shows. Listen to our radio shows. Order our books. And be sure to get your copy of the book, The Female Solution. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to thank all of you who participated in today's discussion. And to our global family listening from all around the world, we say thank you. To our family in China, Sheshe, India, Zanyaba, Japan, Arigato, Korea, Kamsanida, Russia, Spasiba, Germany, Danke, Poland, Jean Cunyon, France, Merci, Spain, Gracias, Italy, 
Grazie. Egypt. Shukran. Ghana. Medasi. Nigeria. Eshe. South Africa. Ngiabonga. Senegal. Jared. Kenya. Asante. Israel. Toda. Pakistan. Shukriya. Afghanistan. Tashakur. Saudi Arabia. Shukran. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Thank you. And may peace be upon you and the mercy of God and God's blessings.